Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. Welcome, everyone, to uh, another installment of the Old Souls and Seekers podcast. If you found your way here, uh, and this is your first time, welcome. We drink kooky drinks, have kooky conversations, and uh, make kooky noises sometimes. Cookie Sometimes. or cookie? Cookie. 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 cookie, cookie, cookie. Now you got me all. Yeah, the cookie. You got the chips and the chocolate chips and the macadamias. We got the cookies. <laughs> all right. Well, if you're here, uh, if you're actually with us live and you want to say hi, please do that in the comment box and we can uh, just acknowledge you and, and see that you're here. Always fun to have you here. Uh, today is what day? Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, wherever you are in the world. Uh, probably you'll be listening to this on a podcast on a Monday, but it was Wednesday when this was recorded. So this is in the past coming to you into the present through the future. What will really mess with you is no matter when you're listening to this, it was the present. It was. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, we wanted to talk about something that we've been, um, I guess recently just really noticing more and more and more and we started sharing it with each other and we were like this is very odd um and that is why we've stopped reading books uh just to give you some sort of context guy and i for the last bunch of years were reading anywhere between 50 to 100 books a year uh, I, I guess people would call us voracious readers and you know you've read a lot of books because you use a word like voracious. That was That's nice. why I did it. That's, That's why I did it right yeah. there. I did it that way on yeah, purpose. Yeah. Thank you. For um, those are like people that are like, I'm a thespian. And yeah. You just, like that tells you a world about them, right? So I have to. I'd have to go Google thespian, unfortunately. <laughs> so anyway, um, what shifted? Like, why is it that we went from 50 to 100 books? I've honestly, I said to the guy the other day, I think I've been on the same book now for the last like almost six months. I've listened to some audio. I will say that in between. Michael Singer still has my heart. And so I like to listen to him, but they're not really books. And um, yeah, 
What's what's your take? I think more accurately, the title would have been why we stop reading personal development books. Because I will, I have been reading or listening to books on um, investing, and I listen to channels channel. Yeah, which is different than books. But I, yeah, I I actually have been listening to. I will say this with my kids and reading with my kids, which is really cool because they're nine and seven at this point. And uh, I get to listen and read. To, so we listen to audiobooks and I read to them books that I would never read on my own, but like they're at that age where they're actually really cool books. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do that, but I agree with you. It's more like personal development books that we Yeah, have. so I, I'm reading, I mean, I'm reading Green Eggs and Ham, a lovely coming on a beige tale. Yeah. And, um, I, my day, am. My day at the aquarium, uh, crowd pleaser, big favorite. <laughs> he, he, lo- he loves the uh, the puffy fish. Now we, every day I, I need to show him pictures of a fish puffing up, which, <laughs> which, which 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 hilariously is really just people acting badly towards this fish to make it respond in a fight or flight response. So every time I show it to him, I'm like, they're just shooting the fish badly. By the way, his son is also nine years old, so <laughs> that's why this is so much funnier. No, no, no. It's not for my son. That's for me. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Anyway, with that said, yeah, so I think more accurately, like the personal development stuff we left to the side. And, uh, you know, it's something we kind of realized when we were in the middle of a, teaching a two-day intensive. And I'm like, bro, have you stopped reading books recently? And he's like, he's like, now that you mentioned it, he's like, yeah, I'm not really reading a lot of books. And I remember at that time, Elon asked people to raise their hands and we actually just came off of a, a different um, call with the company we work with. And same thing, we, we've been asking this more regularly and it's not to like downplay or to say reading books is bad. It's it's to hit a point home that for, you know, like what? Do, why do we pursue personal development? Like let's, let's start with that. I would say that for most of us, it's we want to feel better, admirable goal, and feel, and, and honestly like baseline is just feel safer. Right, like I, I don't even, honestly like I don't even know that people because think that. about 20 years ago or whatever 19 years ago when we started right like the idea of feeling safe wasn't even in a conversation yeah. it, was like, yeah. it, was, it was it was a lot more basic than that it was yeah. like I'm stressed and I want to stop being stressed I'm afraid right. all the time I want to stop being afraid um my relationships like I want to like fix because I'm or maybe I'm angry I want to make more money um things like that I think safety came a lot farther down the road once we handled that some of that stuff safety, safety takes a level of awareness to realize that really everything you're doing yeah is trying to get to more safety like yeah we didn't have that early on you're in this business you're in this relationship like everything it just kind of boils down yeah. to just feeling safe and not feeling like you're gonna die because you don't have connection <laughs> and it's most boiled down terms. Like I could pretty much take any example that anybody's telling me and it's like, yeah, cause you don't feel safe. Or then, you know, that yep. leads to approval and other things that are, are like higher up the hierarchy there. So anyway, the, the idea with the books thing is like, so you have people raise hands and, you know, have you read 10 books? Have you read 20 books, 30, 40, 50? We usually stop at 50, but you know, if you're anything like Elon and I, you've probably read way more than 50 or listened to hundreds. Yeah, right? And here's the thing, like, so you read this book, it has this concept in it. You follow the concept, you try it out in your life and you're like, well, it's nice. It kind of makes me feel better for a moment. And then this thing happens in your life and you kind of get back to this, oh, wow, that's still happening. 
must have read the wrong book, doesn't have the right concept. Go grab another book, post on Facebook. This one's really popular these days. What's your favorite personal development book, right? And everyone jots down the same 30 books every single time. Um, but that, that's the thing, right? It's like Amazon, top 10, top 20, top 30 books. That's what most people have read. And look, what it comes down to, at least from our perspective these days, is that if you're reading most personal development books, 90 plus percent of them probably, more or less it's rehashed stuff. Once you've learned the foundations, those are the foundations. They have been principles and foundations since the you know, dawn of civilization where spirituality and personal development um, was part of what people became curious about. And even though very clever marketing will slightly change the name of something to make it sound new and improved, it isn't. It's just the same old thing. And you also got to get that most people, all people for the most part, <laughs> most people and all people for the most part are stuck in conditioned linear mind type of thinking. So these books are being produced with that in mind that there's a conditioning and there's linear process to new to for new conditioning to undo the old conditioning because the old conditioning is bad, this new conditioning is good until we find out the new conditioning is bad. And then we need new conditioning to make that old conditioning because that old conditioning is now bad and there's a lot of conditioning. So we're using a lot of conditioner here, but no one's really getting to that Pantene Pro. No one's so really getting smooth. Yeah, you don't get to that Pantene Pro V hair that we're all looking for. So we got to really like take a look at that and, and wonder, okay, so what is this game about that we're playing? And, uh, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast or you're in our Facebook group, and again, if you're not in the Facebook group, go to joinoldsouls.com and become part of the Facebook group. Um, that's my That's my marketing voice. First voice ever. It doesn't make anybody want to do anything. I think just by the virtue that you said it in that voice is going to make people not want to join the group. Join join the old souls group. Just just go in there. Join. A I think it goes like this. It goes, if you're interested and you want to expand your horizons. Oh, that's good. That's not bad. Join old soul. I thought you were going to go the other direction with it, where you're like, in a time, where <laughs> old souls meet a group. <laughs> I was going for the, like, you know, like the yeah. yoga meditation. Very beautiful. Yeah. I went straight psychopath on it. Yeah, just, yeah, just, get, just get okay, in the group. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Get in the group. Back to why we don't read personal development Yeah, books. so we don't read the books so we can make ha-has of each other. But, you know, so my point here is, is that, look, we what we train people on today is how to become aware of awareness. It's kind of a, a, a funny thing to say, but the truth of it is most people are not aware that they are awareness. They think about awareness, but they're not directly experiencing awareness. And the funny part is, is that magical things happen when you learn how to connect to your awareness. Now, one of the aspects of awareness is that awareness is always awake and awareness is all knowing. And if you start leveraging this part of you that we all naturally have, and it actually takes very little, a few pointers for people to become aware of their awareness. And this is what we train on our two-day intensives and in our group coaching programs. And, and this is what we do is we cultivate the energy of awareness. And what you find is just, you know, like if you think about where did information begin coming from? Where did, where did we get spiritual ideas? And you don't have to go back very far because the, the first religion on our planet is the, the Hindi religion, the Indian, Indian religion and culture. And if you do some research, you will find that the Vedantas that were written were written by people sitting around listening to nothing. 
Like in the nothingness and the awareness, in the awakeness of that awareness, information started coming through this field. And I imagine at that time, it was probably easier to listen because the world was a lot quieter. But nonetheless, and that's an interesting thing too. It's like quieting oneself allows for you to become aware of awareness. And from that awareness, you can then cultivate energy within the awareness, which allows you to more easily connect to it. it actually recreates the foundation from which you become aware from. And then there is a, a knowingness in this space that actually starts teaching yourself. Now, why would one want to do this? Because if you think about any book that you've read, again, that's still somebody else's conditioned mind on a piece of paper and their attempt to use language to describe an experience that they've had such that, that maybe they can open a doorway for you to have that experience as well. Now, if, if you go have a similar experience, it's the experience that actually changes you, not reading the words on the page, right? Because the words on the page are the words on the page. That gets cataloged in there somewhere into philosophy and things that I know. But, you know, uh, what's that line? Um, information not applied or whatever information applied is wisdom or something like that. Yeah. I don't know the exact line, Some, something to that extent. So so that's just one level of wisdom, but again, that's still coming from a linear mind. Awareness has no linearity. It is a quantum in nature. It is pervasive and infinite. It is everywhere and always, and will always be here. And it's the original face that you had before you were born and will continue to be that, that face and that awareness well after this meat sack becomes, you know, dust in the ground again. So. Where do we want to rely on? Do we want to rely on the opinion of others to navigate us through our own spiritual practices and through our own awareness, which is our own alignment and our own frequency and vibration? Or do we want to connect to that awareness, which is the vibration, the frequency and alignment of who and what you are beyond physicality, and then start using and leveraging that awareness to bring through the knowingness and the wisdom that comes from that place, which is nonlinear and not uh, an infinite impossibility and does not, you know, is not bound by the rules and the laws of human morality. You know, something that just came through as you were talking, it's like, cause uh, Kelly wrote this great question. She's like, how do I stop my brain from working to enjoy the quiet, to become aware? And I was thinking, you know, well, obviously it took something for us to get to that place where stillness and quiet was available. Mm -hmm. You know, like this didn't happen overnight. And I was just thinking how books in essence are like a, in a way, a lazy shortcut to get answers, right? Like we, we go to school and there are those people that do all the work and raise their hands all the time and know the answers. But for the most part, what are people doing? They just sit back and wait for the answers to be given to them. Mm -hmm. I, I, this, I think this is an important piece to add by a perceived figure of authority. And oftentimes and that means you're giving away your power to an authority figure to give you and tell you, A, that you're right and good and all those other things. So of course, then when we turn to a world, whether it's your boss or something else, or even a book, an author, right? Because an author, authors are like the uh, the white lab coats from the early 20th century. If a person wore a white lab coat, ah, they must be brilliant. I will give away all my power. Sure, sir, make all my medical decisions for me. <laughs> right, I should take that pill, give it, give it, right? Like, And so today, it's like, and, 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 and entrepreneurs know this. They know that there's a perception that if I write a book, 
because you can't get on the stage today if you don't write a book, right? That there's an automatic panache. And if you guys see the quality of shit that people put out there just so they can say that they wrote a book so they can end up on the stage. Bestseller. Yeah, I'm an Amazon bestseller for 15 seconds. I took the snapshot. Everyone believe it, right? But it's like, it's it's kind of gotten to the point of ridiculousness because people don't investigate a lifetime and then put it into a book. They're like, I had an idea for a book. I'm, you know, like whatever it is. And they just kind of self-publish. But in that same way, really what I want to point to is that we give away our power to this perceived authority figure. And it was like, oh, they have the answer. And if they don't have the answer, there's another authority figure out there. And we get into this addictive thing about looking for an, the right authority to give us the answer. Yeah. So I was just thinking like a book is really a way to not do the practice mm. of quieting yourself, getting all the stuff that's in the way of being quiet, allowing for awareness to connect to source and, and receive all of your internal wisdom and find the things that are in here, because like at the end of the day, if I'm thinking of the work that we did at times, it was super uncomfortable. Sure. Right. Like we, we, we processed grief, terror, uh, sadness, frustration, all of it. And really at times it was, it was not comfortable and not easy. And in the releasing and healing of all of those things, what began to come through was this very clear voice. I'm just going to call it. It's not really a voice. I don't know how to, different people experience it differently. Knowing for me, it comes more in like visions and feelings. Sometimes it's auditory, but, but visions and, and feelings um, for others, it could be fully auditory. Other people can get like full channeled messages, packets of download, whatever, you know, people call it different things. But it's interesting. It's like the same way you were talking on the previous call about how phones, in a sense, made us lazy about directions. Like when we were young, I knew how to drive. Even before I knew how to drive, I knew how to get to places because I would just pay attention. But now I live in my hometown. I've been here since 2008. When people tell me like, oh, you know, it's on this street. And these are streets that I drive on. Like I've oh, been on hundreds, yeah. if not thousands of times. I don't even bother to look for the street names. Right. Because everywhere I go, I just plug it in. Like I can be four minutes away and I plug it in. There's very it's so funny. That I know. And, it, and it's so funny because all the streets from our childhood, I could tell you where all the streets are, what they're called. That's what I'm saying. But in San Diego, I couldn't, I, I really couldn't tell you what the street is. I don't even are. bother. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm realizing it's, it's, it's this, it takes something, you know, or we're talking about like, don't get those answers from there, but it takes something because there's a dedicated practice that we put through that for years, we weren't necessarily getting those messages. Now, as we dive into these deeper and deeper states of awareness, um, it just becomes easier and easier to grab that stuff. Uh, whereas, you know, before it's like, I'd rather just get it in a book because I'm not willing to do the work to get it on my own. Yeah. Well, so I want to come back to Kelly's question here because Kelly asked, you know, how do I stop my brain from working to enjoy the quiet to become aware? So here's the funny part. To become aware does not require you to quiet your mind. Just want to say that again. 
to become aware, to actually be present with awareness, does not require you to quiet your mind. And in fact, if you spend your time in meditation trying to quiet your mind, you will not be aware. This is a radical displacement from what most meditation will have you think is the goal of meditation. Because meditation actually does not have a goal. And the goal of meditation is not to quiet your mind. You can get to awareness without quieting your mind. For those of you guys listening, dramatic pause. You just don't. One of the byproducts of then being in awareness longer will naturally be a quieting of a mind without any effort on your part. People think awareness is a destination or a process to get to instead of an already isness that is here all the time that you are just not aware of itself. So until your awareness becomes aware of awareness, you are not aware. <laughs> yeah, Kelly, mind blown. Yeah, and we're not blowing minds here, we're expanding minds, All right? But thank you. I like when we blow minds too. You don't, it's just not a requirement. Your awareness is as innate as moving your right index finger. It's as innate as whistling or scratching yourself. There's no differ, differentiation. And there is an entire society and culture and business of people that are trying to complicate this to make it seem as if only they have a specific answer. It's inaccessible and it has nothing to do with any of that. The only reason one would not be able to find their awareness is because somebody with awareness has not pointed it out yet to a person that is, has not become aware of it yet. What Elon and I do is we're not healers. Mm -mm. We're, we're, we're articulate because we spent many years doing personal development work, understanding human psychology and development. So we have a, a foundational understanding of how humans develop. But I can tell you the work we do today, we don't even explain to people their development. We're like, there's your awareness. And I'm pointing for those of you that can't see. We go, there it is, there it is. And then we bring you to a place where you go into a process. And the process is what you do on a daily basis to yourself. And we, we leverage your awareness to view what's happening, not in your mind, but instead what's happening in your body and more specifically at the subtle energetic level of the body. Yeah. And, be, and the only reason we can do this is because we've been, we've been doing those practices. We've been being those people for such a long period of time that no joke, and again, believe it or not, I can explain to you scientifically how this works. We have gained enough awareness over our own energetic bodies, our own Merkabas, so to speak, that when we put our awareness on something or somebody else, something in our field changes. And because we've deciphered our own awareness, our awareness is then aware that that change is not ours, it's yours. Yeah. And even though we feel it in our bodies or our energetic bodies, we know that's your shift. So then what we do is we point that out to you in your body in real time, in your energetic body. We say, hey, are you noticing that with your awareness? And you go, uh-huh. And what you will notice is that the awareness that is noticing that energetic shift in your body is not your mind, it's the awareness. Yeah. And such that when we do that, then it's just like riding a bicycle. It's like, Eureka, there is balance. And it's that's the activation point. 
now from the activation point is the cultivation. Yeah. Right. Now it's like, okay, great. Wow. Oh my God. I really can feel that in my body. I can really feel that in my energy system. Oh, only world opens up for you. Right. It's, it's, it's a radical shift in experiencing yourself and reality. Now you're free of the conditioned mind. Now what those books say about how to keep conditioning yourself into a new condition, no, really, nothing really matters anymore because instead of trying to change what's emerging in your experience, now your inquiry is just what's emerging. That's it. It ends there. No meaning, nothing to add to it. I'm just inquiring and interested in what's emerging. And you start cultivating this awareness that just is with what is all the time. It just can be with whatever is arising in the system with little to no judgment or no judgment at all. Like really yeah, the, the sweet spot is the no judgment. Yeah. That's the key. Cause the way that most humans process things now, like here's the thing, whether you're aware of these things that are happening in your body or not is irrelevant because it's still affecting your life. Yeah. Right. Like when you have a contraction in the heart, whether you are aware of it or not, there's a part here in your brain or in your mind that sees this contraction and immediately labels it something. Mm. Oh no, that's really bad. Oh, I feel really sad. Okay, what do I do? And then it goes into a strategy that you've developed for decades on how to deal with sad. Like, it's really interesting because I'm, I'm watching kids just kind of develop like in my own household and then friends, kids, etc. So many parents and I know like Russians do this all the time. It's like a very Russian thing to do. It's when a kid is sad to make them stop being sad. They get what? A treat. A piece of candy. It's like, hey, if you stop crying, I'll give you this. What is that program in the body? Every time a little bit of sadness comes, now you're 25 years old, what do you reach for? You didn't even do that. That was programmed in you. And so it's like that stuff is impacting your every moment by moment existence. And it's the labeling of it. It's the part that goes, oh, this is anxiety. Oh, this is stress. Oh, this is whatever, pain. That's the stuff that actually makes it uh, stay because there's a resistance to that. Now you're like, oh, that level of pain is bad. I need to make this go away. And you just start going down that pathway. And, and that's really, by the way, that's really important because where the judgment is coming from is moral conditioning. Yes. What's moral and not moral. You've been told what's good a human, what's bad human. You would never decipher it because it wasn't necessary. I, I made this joke before, but I'll say it again. That's your, that's your daughter calling me. <laughs> um, uh, kids don't need to be told not to go kill people. No kids running around with a knife, just stabbing people all over the place, right? Like we, we've built a human moral code, society, governments, religion. This is it and this is not. We've taken positive and negative and we've made it good and bad. We've made light and dark, good and bad. It's none of those things. And because most people's minds are conditioned, they will not look by conditioning at those aspects of themselves and henceforth have no peace with them. Because your conditioning is that part is bad, be at war with it. 
So you have to be in a fight, stuck in a fight or flight response against it in order to war with it ongoingly your entire life. And we can tell you until you place yourself in a neutral energy, until you're what science calls a down-regulated nervous system parasympathetic response, your ability to source your life from a place of safety is literally impossible. And so you make your choices and the energy that you invest in your creations comes from scarcity, fear, a lack, resistance, and whatever is being generated and created by those energies will create more scarcity, lack, resistance. It will just will because the source of energy always creates more of that energy. Yeah. So the only place that we can stop doing that from is actually a neutral place within ourselves. And we cannot do that from a conditioned mind. Yeah. You know, just something that I uh, shared with someone who was doing our two day event, she was saying how she was experiencing this pain in her heart and this and that. And I just said, instead of actually labeling it, what if you just went in there with curiosity and just noticed the sensation? Mm. Because at the end of the day, there's just sensations occurring inside. Maybe it's a contraction. Maybe it's like bubbles or poking or prodding or, you know, a, a constriction or a weight is on it or whatever it might be. But the labeling is what actually makes it stick around. If you just watched the sensation, it's like, oh, there are tickles. Like I feel like vibration. I feel a collapse. Um, I feel a tightness. I feel a pinch, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're just watching. Just watching. There's no thing that is good. There's no thing that is bad. There's just this. This isness is happening right now. And in that state, when you can get into that place and you're just simply observing, these energies just move. You know, and you don't have to, like, you think this is some superpower, but we're all born with this. You watch any kid four-year-old, five-year-old kid, they can go from playing, having the time of their lives to tantrum, kicking and screaming on the ground, back to playing and having the best time with their friends, all in a span of about six minutes. And the adults watch us, we're like, I don't know, what? Because for you, when you have a tantrum and adults have just as many tantrums as kids, right? We just mask it a little bit. It destroys your entire day, maybe even your week. But all it is is just allowing for that energy to move through. And the reason, back to this book thing, the reason why I believe books aren't as helpful and, in fact, sometimes can be downright, uh, you know, like make it even worse is because your mind is the one reading the books looking for understanding definitions etc of what is happening in your life even further so that, something for patterns it already knows yeah but now like when things are happening you're you're you now just have new language to describe this thing that's happening so you're like oh now i know why when my boyfriend does this or my wife does that or my kids do this what's actually happening is 
this, it's triggering this thing from my mom and then that, that, that. And now you have all this explanation, but that doesn't give you any access to actually heal it. You just gave it another label and that other label is like, okay, so this is what it is. And now we just get to keep this little piece. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, nothing. I, I, was, I was contemplating like, you know, like what if, what if we can get to a place in society where discomfort was no longer judged? And uh, Patrice was talking about our next event. Um, at the time of this recording, on this Wednesday, in this present moment, January 8th is the next event. Yeah, January 8th. Yeah, and for anybody who is interested in uh, hopping onto that next event, you can go to intuitivemind.live. Was that a better voice for the marketing? Intuitivemind.live. Workshop it. Intuitivemind.live. Okay, I'll get there. You gotta, you gotta play with the frequencies. Um, <laughs> so I was gonna say, like, what, what if we could get a place to that there was nothing wrong with discomfort in society? What if we could see that that sensation? was an integral part of human, human development and growth towards awareness and enlightenment. Would you experience things differently? Because the conditioned mind, again, has been conditioned to believe that discomfort is something to close around, battle against, block up against, create defenses against. And, and, and here's the reality, guys. This work, everything you and I are talking about, this cultivation of energy, is about creating fluidity in the human body, okay? I've said this a few times on here before, but I'll say it again. Because of maps and human development, it's pretty easy for Elon and I to walk into a room today, look at people, meaning the shape of their bodies, and tell you with about 80 to 90% degree of certainty what their underlying psychology and problems are in their life are. Now that might seem like magic, but again, it's just experience and understanding how development works and understanding that the mind actually shapes the body. The conditioning actually shapes the body because the conditioning is what constricts the body in certain ways. Now imagine if the body's constricted there ongoingly and energy no longer flows there. Some parts of the body are gonna grow where there's more fluidity. Other parts are gonna shrink because they don't need it. That's why when you have a person with a really frail body system, like, you know, a, a like small women use like gymnasts, but you know, without the, the muscle mass and stuff like that, there's a certain underlying psychology there with people who can't seem to lose weight. There's a certain underlying psychology there and that psychology is doing its best to create safety for that system. The weight is a way for that particular person to literally feel like they are creating distance between them, reality and other people. And if they begin to start rapidly losing weight, they will activate a deep, deep response of fight or flight in their system. And as that anxiety raises up, the way they deal with that anxiety is by eating more, which is how they got there in the first place. And then they feel like they go on this yo-yo diet. So the body is literally under threat to lose that weight and vice versa for people who can't gain weight. And lots of other little pointers that we can make out like this about how different systems maintain to try to create safety, but never actually get there. So the moment a person would create safety, the entire body shape can change which we see with our clients all the time, it's happened to us with rapid uh, weight loss and stuff like that. Again, it's just, a, it really is just a, a matter of safety. So if we could redesign in as a conditioning process for humanity, that discomfort wasn't something to avoid, defend against, whatever, whatever, whatever. And instead we got the purview of the unconditioned aware mind that watches sensation 
as nothing more than sensation, what you build up over time is a, is a network, a, a body, a system that is very energetically fluid. And Elon pointed at children who can jump from one emotion to another very quickly. Children are an amazing example of a fluid body. It's also yeah. why children I maintain are so freaking flexible because they have energetic fluidity. Nothing is locking up. The muscle tissue isn't locking. The fascia tissue isn't locking. Everything just moves through their system. If we were actually healthy adults, when we would be upset, we would still be having temper tantrums. Except we look at it and we go, oh, that's uncomfortable. You need to shut up, child. Here's a piece of candy. Here's some sugar to shut you up, right? Like, who's the idiot in the room? The, ch the child's being nature. The child's being innate. And, and, and the funny part is that we get to that stressful point in our lives. We get to all the displeasure, the discomfort, because we believe the conditioning. We take on the conditioning. So, you know, back to the point about the books, if you want to continue to read things that have been founded from a point of view of this conditioning, then keep reading those books. Because the people who are trying to solve how to get out of conditioning by creating more conditioning are still founded in the conditioning. Yes. And the only thing that we can do, be really, not do, but be, is learn how to be aware, be in the awareness, free ourselves of the conditioning, which means letting go of even the smartest of books and start to actually learn the way that the ancients and indigenous did. And I really believe we're gonna come back to this, not in a very long period of time. We're gonna to come to the indigenous and ask them these questions. What is the genealogy? How did we get here? Where did we come from? Because those paths actually know those answers. And we're gonna we're gonna get to this place where we're gonna realize the only undistorted reality that any individual system can know is through the direct experience of their own awareness. Anything else is somebody else's conditioning. Exactly. So this is why we kind of want to like point at this. If you guys are interested, by the way, again in doing these awareness practices and learning how to activate these things, there's one of two paths, right? Uh, you either know that you're like, damn, this is the shit. I got to learn this stuff. I want to do whatever the fuck these guys are doing. If that's the case, then you want to come to our next event. You go to intuitivemind.live, intuitivemind.live. If you're like, this is really interesting, and I would love to have a conversation with somebody, then you're in route number two. You want to talk to one of our concierge coaches. They do free 15-minute strategy sessions. These are people we've trained in this. These are people who've been all over the world with us. These are people who've worked with us directly for long periods of time. Those are, if you want to speak to somebody before you make any sort of decision about what it is that you want to do or not do with us, you want to go to callsatori.com. Okay, so those are your two pathways. Um, and that's that's kind of the rub of it. That's what I wanted to share, I think. Yeah, and uh, Arlette, I think you're in our uh, Facebook group, but if you're not, definitely head over to joinoldsouls.com and uh and follow us there yeah guys thank you so much um for the interaction it's actually made creating podcasts with you guys in the middle asking questions and stuff a lot more interesting for us and fun uh and i hope that you guys that listen to these recordings on the podcast are enjoying them as well um yeah please join a group join oldsouls.com if you haven't done so already and like guy said if you're ready to jump into the next two-day live event will be it which is on january 8th you can head over to intuitivemind.live all right everyone boom we'll see you love soon you. love you lots we'll thanks you
Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.